everyone and welcome to the year was the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question hey who invited you like seriously why are you here i'm your host michael montalvin for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to find out what makes it a truly unique on this episode we examine the events that occurred august 19th the american old west was a tough place to make a living causing many to turn to the world of gunslinging dueling gambling and drinking in order to leave their mark on history at least that's what deadwood and other movies and shows taught me the second son to survive for parents James Harden and Mary Elizabeth Billings, John Wesley Harding was a notorious outlaw and a killer. It's said he killed 21 men in his life, some say the number could be as high as 40, all beginning at the age of 15. He was rumored to be so mean he once shot a man for snoring, although Harden was well known for exaggerating the details of his life and often made up some of the stories. So who was this man who evaded authorities and is the topic of today's episode? Named after the founder of Methodism, Hardin was, by all accounts, quick to anger. His father was a preacher who moved the family frequently during his childhood, but after passing the bar exam, settled the family in Livingston, Texas, where he practiced law and taught at the school. The family would really only stay there, though, until 1865, when they returned to Sumter, after the Civil War. Being from the South, the American Civil War greatly affected him and instilled a hatred for freed slaves. I feel it's important here to say that I'm not here to glorify the actions and ideals of the man, but rather to present them here in a historical context. The first real sign of Hardin's violent nature came in 1867, after being teased by a larger boy for school vandalism. In response, Hardin attacked the boy with a knife, although luckily, the boy survived. That was when he was 14. As the South was going through Reconstruction, John Wesley Hardin killed an ex-slave in 1868 at the age of 15. According to the story and Wikipedia, Hardin challenged his uncle's former slave, Major Holshausen, to a wrestling match and won. Then, according to Hardin, the following day, Major ambushed him as he rode past shouting and waving a stick. In response to this, Hardin shot him five times, then claims he rode to get help for the man, who died three days later. Not believing that he would receive a fair trial, his father actually ordered him into hiding, and authorities took chase. Hardin chose to confront them, and this actually ended up with the deaths of four of the pursuers and a wounded arm for Hardin. Now that he was a fugitive of the law, over the next 10 years he continued his life of gunslinging and dueling and gambling. In 1872 he married his childhood sweetheart Jane Bowen and together they had three kids, Mary Elizabeth in 1873, John Wesley Jr. in 1875, and Jane Martina in 1877. It was also during this time that his kill count went from five to what is believed to be, at a minimum, 20. This included a deputy sheriff in Brown County, which led him to flee to Florida with his family. Over the next few years, Hardin continued his outlawry, which I'm making a word here, until being finally caught on July 23, 1877, in Pensacola, Florida, by Texas Rangers. 
Although true to his nature, he did not go quietly, and during this fight he killed one, but also may have killed five? The biography I found on him wasn't exactly certain on this detail, and my many minutes of research pulled up nothing. John Wesley Harden was finally sentenced September 28, 1878, 10 years after his first murder, for a sentence of 25 years. In 1892, his wife Jane died, and then two years later, on March 16, 1894, after 14 years behind bars, Harden was pardoned. As so many do during their prison stay, Hardin decided he was going to better himself and began to study law. Upon his release, he and his three kids moved to Gonzales, where he married a second time before abandoning her in 1895 and moving to El Paso, Texas. Although, to be fair, she may have left him. Again, we have some conflicting reports. This, apparently, though, wasn't the only reason for his move to El Paso. He was actually called as a defense witness in a murder trial, and it was after that trial that he decided to stay and set up a practice. Now, the stage is set for the final days of John Wesley Hardin. The year was 1895, and on this day, August 19th, John Wesley Hardin was shot and killed by Constable John Selman. Hardin was living a life on the straight and narrow, so what happened? Well, while in El Paso, Hardin began to see the wife of another outlaw, a woman whose name I could not find except for McRose. It's important to note here that the Wikipedia article stated that she was a widow and a part-time prostitute. In 1895, the sheriff of El Paso decided to make the town less deadly and outlawed the carrying of guns within city limits. And that's fine and all, except the unnamed McRose woman was caught with a gun in the city and was arrested by John Selman. This angered Hardin, who despite his new life, still had a temper and grew angry. Bystanders claimed that they heard Hardin threaten Selman's life. Not long after this, Selman found Hardin playing dice, walked up behind him, and without a word, shot him in the head. But that's only one story. Another goes back and says that McRose was not a widow. In this version, her husband found out about the affair, and to remedy this, Hardin hired some lawmen to go and kill the husband. One of those gunmen was John Selman, and instead, he shot Hardin in the head at the Acme Saloon. According to legend, his last words were four sixes to beat Henry. Henry being Henry Brown, the man he was playing dice against at the saloon. In either of these scenarios, whatever the truth, it was John Selman who ended the life of John Wesley Hardin. So what repercussions were there for this? None, apparently, as the town felt Selman had done them a favor and cleared him of any wrongdoing. The people who knew him best said he was a gentleman, and Hardin himself said he never killed a man who didn't need killing. His life has been examined countless times, even by himself, with a publication of his autobiography titled The Life of John Wesley Hardin, as written by himself, published posthumously in 1896. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. 
If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay.